0: Take your Bibles, if you would. Let's open the Word of God to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And we'll read a few verses there. Daniel chapter 1, right after those prophetic books. Jeremiah, turn over a little bit, find Ezekiel a little bit further. You'll get to Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Right in the midst of those guys. <laughs> All right, so once you've found your place, if you would stand, we'll have prayer. And then I want to read just one verse together. I'll let you be seated, and then we'll read a few more to just kind of get the context and the story of what's happening here. So let's pray together. We're going to read Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. So let's pray together. Father, how we love you today, how we love your word, and we thank you for the privilege that we have to gather in freedom. Lord, to be able to openly hold and read the word of God and share it together. Uh, Lord, this is our opportunity to learn and grow, to respond to the truth of your word. And so We come with hungry hearts, Lord, seeking you. And as we look into the word of God today, we hope to uh, see a reflection of your presence and, Lord, what you do in our lives. And we just ask you to work among us. We pray you'd speak to our hearts. We pray you'd just impress upon us today by your spirit, Lord, those things that you'd have us to know and to do as a result of what we read here today. And we just ask you to encourage us, encourage our hearts and lives as only you can. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So looking at this verse, we get our our message from today. And I want to preach a simple message entitled, How to Be Like Daniel. How to be like Daniel. Look at verse 8 one more time, if you would. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Thank you. You may be seated. How to be like Daniel. Well, let's back up a little bit and begin reading at verse 3. I want want you to get the background, the storyline of kind of what's happening we just kind of stepped into it and read, read our text verse this morning. But let's get the context now, the background. The Bible says in verse 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. By the way, remember, um, Nebuchadnezzar had taken... Uh, they, they had gone in, verse 1 tells us about the king of Babylon. They had gone into Jer- Jerusalem and they had, they had won the battle in Jerusalem, and they had taken captives. And among those captives, uh, some of the choice young men of Israel were Daniel and, uh, and the, the three children. Uh, you know them as Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as their names were given. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, but these captives were taken, and they were kept in the king's palace. Now, the king wants to train them um, in his ways, all right? They're going to learn the ways of Babylon, And so this is what the king is initiating right here. He's saying, bring them in. Let's check these guys out and uh, let's see what we have. So in verse 4, he's noticing children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. And such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So he's looking for the best of the best. That he, can, that he can teach and train here. Verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end of thereof they might stand before the king. <clears throat> now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, <clears throat> unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, because he couldn't remember those either. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah he gave Shadrach, and unto Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, we read that, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now verse 9, now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. He said, I'm afraid if I do this, if you guys don't look good after this, the king's going to take my head for that. Not Not a price he was willing to pay, even though he and Daniel had a good relationship. So in verse 10, the Bible says, And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, or excuse me, verse 11, Then Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. So in other words, the prince of the eunuchs said, I'm not going to lose my head over this. So he appointed somebody else to be over them. And then Daniel went to that person and said in verse 12, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. He said, Look, give it a little test. Let's take a 10 day test. And so the Bible says in verse 14, So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Wow, what a story. Verse 20 is powerful because it tells us kind of the end of the story. That God had blessed their decision and gave them wisdom so, that, so much so that they stood out above all of the others in his realm. The king was impressed by what he saw. So the king said... These guys are ten times better. Isn't that amazing? Ten times better. Daniel was ten times better. He stands out in our minds as a Christian of great character and reputation in the Old Testament. And in this passage, we see how he does it. And that's what I want to share with you today. How to be like Daniel. You know, we we want to live for God. If you've been in church any length of time, if you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus and you've been saved by the grace of God, then no doubt today you have a desire to serve the Lord, to please the Lord. Uh, I think that's why you're here. To hear the word of God today, to be challenged from his word, and then to try to live up to that challenge. To take what you learned from the Bible and, and then live it out in your, in your everyday life. These are the desires of God's people. And, and this is what helps us to be what we ought to be in Christ. This is what helps us live the Christian life. and and become different and better than what we were before we met the Lord. The Bible says Daniel was ten times better, and he certainly shined among all in the kingdom. And here is what it takes this morning. If you want to be like Daniel, you're going to need a few things. And that's what I want to share with you today. So from verse 8, we're going to start, and we're going to look at the first thing that Daniel had. The Bible says, if he had this, and, and we need to have this, the Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart, And you know, we would call that desire. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to live the Christian life and do well, if you're going to be 10 times better uh, than the average person, or, or let's just say the average Christian for that matter, then hey, I want you to know something. You're going to need something called desire today in order to get there. You're not going to get there by accident. You're not just going to fall out of bed on Sunday morning and be a 10 times better kind of a Christian. It just doesn't work that way. In order to be a ten times better kind of a Christian, well, you got to put in some work. you got to pay a price. And we'll see a little bit more about that in the message. But I wonder today, where is that desire that Daniel had among God's people to live for the Lord and to be a shining light, uh, to, to bring honor and glory to the Lord's name, to be their best at all that they do? The Bible has a few things to say about desire and its instruction and encouragement to us as we too seek to follow the Lord the way Daniel did. The Bible says, through desire, in Proverbs 18, 1, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth, with all wisdom. Desire is the motivation behind what Daniel was doing. The Bible says in verse 8, he purposed in his heart. What is that? That's Daniel's desire. In Romans 10, 1, Paul said, brethren... My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now we know that this desire was not just all talk on the part of the Apostle Paul. Down in his heart and soul, he had a desire that Israel, his people, would know God like he knew him. We know that desire was real because of the things that Paul did in his life, the actions that he took, the service that he rendered, the risks that he endured for the sake of the gospel. And so we know that Paul's desire was strong, it was real, and he meant what he said. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul said, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Everywhere the apostle Paul went, he left Christian believers behind him. He left churches that were starting uh, in homes and different places because he spread the gospel. He desired fruit everywhere he went. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Hey, I wonder today, where is that desire? Where is the desire to serve God, to live for God, to do something for God? The desire to give the gospel. Turn with me and look at this verse, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says something about desire. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. He was uh, having to correct a few matters that had gone terribly wrong. And uh, he he wrote with a a pretty sharp pen. And some of those words were heavy. In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 11, we find what the reaction of some of those heavy words were. Paul said, for behold, this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you, he said. Yea, what, what clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all these, ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Right in the middle of that verse, all the things that were stirred up by that godly sorrow, that repentance that they found, Paul said right in the middle of all that, grew this vehement desire. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means to us. It means that when your heart is right with God, that is fertile ground for that desire to begin to grow. The desire to make a difference. The desire to do something for God. The desire to give the gospel. The desire to live the Christian life. To be all that you can be. For his namesake. Hey, this morning, isn't that what Daniel was doing? Daniel had a desire to live for God. He found himself a captive in a strange land, and he never became bitter about that or frustrated at God for his circumstances. But in his circumstances, he found himself being faced with this portion of the king's meat, and what the king was about to serve them went against the dietary laws of God's word in the Old Testament. And Daniel had dedicated himself to the Lord, and his desire was to please God. And he saw a conflict because he said, if I take the king's meat, then I break God's word. And it created a conflict in his own conscience, in his own heart. What do I do? Now, if we're looking at the circumstances, we would say, hey, look what the king, king rolling out steak and wine. Hey, we're going to eat good tonight. But that's not the way Daniel saw it because he understood the word of God in their day and the instructions that they were given on what to eat as God's people and what not to eat. Because he wanted to please God, he cared more about what God said than what the king said. It was that desire that was brewing up in him to please God. Where is that today? You know, sometimes our problem really is that we care more about what people say than what God says. I I know that's true because when I see some of the topics that are being discussed today, there's more of a desire for political correctness than there is to clearly articulate and understand God's word. On the matter, It just reveals in us that we have not put a priority on God and His Word like we should. We're not looking at it the way Daniel was looking at it. He wasn't looking to see the benefits he could get out of the king's meat. He was looking at the faithfulness of serving God and keeping the instructions that God had given in His Word. Hey, you know, you and I ought to look at every matter in life like that we should look at life through the lens of Scripture. If we want to please God one day, and that should be the desire of every Christian, then we already have in advance the instructions on how to do that. If one day when you stand before God in heaven, you want to hear those faithful words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, that means you you have to do well down here. You have to be faithful down here. Faithful to what? faithful to this this book is what God's going to judge us by one day and unless we're faithful to it he cannot say well done thou good and faithful servant so you and I have the same insight Daniel had but do we have the desire if not let's get our hearts right let's find that godly sorrow Paul wrote about And let's ask God to stir us up that we might have the desire to please God and serve Him like we should. Daniel had a desire. The Bible says he purposed in his heart. Hey, listen, he he desired and loved God, and he he wanted to be true to the Lord more than he wanted to fit in with the crowd. You know, that's a challenge for all of us. And I hope and pray that we will have the same fortitude that Daniel had when the time comes. That we'll have the desire to do right, and that desire will prevail over other desires that will be calling our name. But Daniel not only had a desire, if we really understand verse 8, we know that that desire led to something. Daniel had desire, but because he acted on that desire, Daniel made a decision. Can I tell you something? Desire alone is not good enough. You can desire to do right and desire to serve the Lord, and you can find yourself in failure. You you can wake up time and time and time again saying, I missed a mark, I missed a mark. You can can have regret and, and you can feel shame because you know you should have made a decision and you should have done the right thing when in fact you did not. And maybe you wanted to, but the action just did not come. That's because desire alone is not enough. The desire in Daniel's life produced a decision. And the decision is what propelled Daniel forward in this book. We find in verse 8 that not only did Daniel desire, he purposed something in his heart. He had that desire to live for God. But then he acted on that desire because he made a decision. The Bible says in the same verse that he requested that he might not defile himself. So because of his desire, Daniel made a request. He took action on that. He made a decision. And dear friends, I want you to know, if you're going to be successful at living for God, if you're going to grow in the Christian life, if you're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, one day, you're going to have to make some decisions. Hey, number one, in order to have a decision, you've got to make up your mind. Now, you know what we don't see as we read the story about Daniel? We don't see Daniel, him hauling back and forth. Should I eat the king's meat or should I not? Oh man, he didn't didn't wake up one morning saying, Mmm, boys, that smells good. Now, it might have smelled good. But we don't see him vacillating back and forth on what should I do? What should I do? (laughs) The way we do. Why is that? Was it because he was superhuman? Did Daniel have some kind of super Christian emblem on his chest? Was he made out of different stuff than you and me? Did he not struggle at all? Did he have no feeling? Maybe he couldn't smell. (laughs) Daniel had COVID, huh? (laughs) No, 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 no. Listen, it wasn't any of that. The reality was Daniel's desire caused him to make a decision, and Daniel had made up his mind. So much so that, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter what aroma filled the palace. It didn't matter that he, that, he, that he heard all of those fixings coming together. It didn't matter that the dinner bell was ringing and all the boys were running in. Daniel had made up his mind, and because of that, there was, no, there was the absence of that struggle. There was no back and forth. There was no teetering on what to do. Daniel already made up his mind what to do. You have to make up your mind. It's called a decision. But not only that, you know, it helps to make the decision in advance. And what we're finding out in this chapter is that before Daniel got in front of the king, before the king announced his plan, Daniel already made a decision. He already had the desire to serve God. And as soon as the the, the king's uh, plan was announced, he saw the conflict. Why? Because... He had already desired, he had already decided that he was going to serve God and that he was going to please the Lord. And so because of that decision that he had already made in advance, when the king's plan was rolled out, Daniel said, Oh, I got I to do something about this. This ain't going to work. Because his mind was made up, because, because he decided in advance. And then we see in verse 8, he requested. What does that mean? You know, your actions should be based on your decision. And here's where, here's where a lot of Christians mess up. They, they say, preacher, I got a desire to serve God. And then they come down to the altar one day in the church and they make a decision. Oh, I'm going to live for Jesus. But then during the week, they get out there and smell that smell. They hear that sound. They get that invitation. They get, they get with that crowd. Right? And they don't act on the decision that they made. Their actions take a different turn. So the actions that they take are not based on the decision that they made. And they fall. You've been there. I've been there. We've all experienced it. Why does that happen? i am tell you why. Because, because we don't really make up our mind. Sometimes because we don't make the decision ahead of time. We have the desire and and we think, well, when I get in the moment and I really need it, then I'm going to pull that decision out and I'm going to serve God. No, that's not how it works. Because in the moment, you're going to be pressured by other things. You're going to be influenced by other people. And you're not always going to have the resolve in the moment. That's why you make up your mind in advance. Before the moment comes, you make the decision and you you make up your mind so that in the moment, in the moment, you're not struggling. In the moment, you're not going back and forth. What should I do? Oh, no. In the moment, hey, your mind's made up. Now you're just going to act on that decision you already made. Hey, uh, somebody said one time, and I heard this when I was a teenager, it helped me so much, but he said this. He said, you know what you need to do? You need to make some decisions that will make decisions for you in the future. You know, sometimes our problem is we're trying to make too many decisions. So what we need to do is we need to decide on some things in advance, like Daniel did. Daniel made the decision that he was going to follow God's word. And that decision made the decision for him. When he got in the moment and the king announced his plan. Daniel didn't have to decide, what am I going to do? Because he already decided back here what he was going to do. And you know, that kind of thinking, that kind of, that kind of action will help you too. It will remove the stress in the moment of, you know, back and forth. What do I do? What do I do? Can't decide. You, you run the risk of failure at a much higher rate If you wait until the moment to decide. Because you leave the door open for other influences to affect that decision. But if you decide ahead of time and with resolve, make up your mind, this is what I'm going to do. Then when you get in the moment, all you have to do is keep that decision. Just keep on keeping on with that decision. Stick to it. That's what Daniel did. He made up his mind, he decided in advance, and then his actions were based on that decision. So he made a request. Principled decisions made ahead of time will make other decisions for you later in life. And that is why Daniel doesn't seem to be bothered by the anguish and stress of the decision in the moment. It was already made. You know, when you and I, when we read God's Word, we call them devotions, right? During the week, we just kind of find some quiet time and, and we read a few verses in the Bible or maybe a few chapters, uh, as much as you have time for. And we take some time to meditate on that and, we, and we, then we pray and we talk to the Lord. What, what are we doing? What does all that mean? It means that when we spend time with God, we, we, we come to the Bible not just to read words on a page, but, but we come to the Bible in order to connect with the Lord. We come to the Bible in order to to find God in the pages of Scripture. We come to the Bible to discover His desire for our lives. And we come away from that having learned some things about the way God wants believers to live. And as we discover those principles in the Bible that guide our lives... We make decisions on those principles. And those principled decisions make other decisions for us if we stand on them. And that's what's happening with Daniel. You see, Daniel had a desire, but desire alone is not enough. We all know that. He made a decision. And that decision propelled him through this tough moment. This time of what could have been great temptation. But for him it wasn't. His mind was made up. Hey, by the way, the same thing happened to Jesus. Remember Matthew chapter 4? And the devil came and Jesus had been fasting in the wilderness. And the first thing the devil tempted him with was, Hey, turn these stones into bread. Hey, I know you're hungry by now. Right? So he's tempting the Lord Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Did he go... I can just picture that with some hot butter. No, he didn't do that. Jesus didn't seem to be affected by the temptation at all. He immediately quoted scripture back to the devil and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, Jesus didn't need that example. We did. Jesus was teaching us. That if we make decisions based on God's word, if we take action based on what God's word says, we can endure temptation and come out victorious. And so he demonstrated that for us during his temptation, and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 4, three different times. Now I want to just submit an idea to you. If Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, that's what the Bible says. Don't you think he was tempted more than three times? But those three were recorded because the Bible says in 1 John that all temptation falls under three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And you'll find that those three instances that Jesus dealt with in Matthew 4 line up with those categories that John taught us. So Jesus was giving us just enough to show us, here's an example of how you do it. Now you read Matthew chapter 4 a hundred times if you want. Here's what you're going to find. When Jesus faced the devil, his mind was made up. He didn't have to think about any of his offers. He never went back and forth. Mm, man, that sounds, I don't know, I might want to do that. No? And the reason why you and I fail temptation, the, the reason why we fall in the moment is because our minds are not already made up when we get there. And so we need that. We, we, need, we need desire, and then we need to make a decision. And Daniel did. Boy, we could have an invitation right there. That's so good. Daniel had a desire. He followed that through with a decision. But that wasn't all. He's got more ingredients to give us. Number three, we find that Daniel had something that we also need to have. Because all of this sounds a lot like work. And it's going to feel really, really, really hard if we're just trying to do the right thing all the time. we got to have this other element that Daniel had called devotion. There was a reason why Daniel was doing all this. Something motivated him to have that desire. Something motivated him to make that decision. What was it? It was his devotion to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 8, Daniel purposed that he would not defile himself. Now, why didn't Daniel want to defile himself? Why was he so interested in in being pure and undefiled It was because he loved God. He was devoted to the Lord. He had already devoted himself to the Lord. And because of his love for God, he didn't want to do that. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. Isn't that what the Bible says? Go to 1 John. I didn't think of that ahead of time, so I didn't put it in my notes. But but it's coming to me right now. I'm sharing it with you. What does all that mean? It means this. When you and I fail as a Christian, when we give in and sin, when we make the wrong choices, okay, and we do because we're still flesh, we're still human, even though we've been saved by the grace of God, even though we know the Lord Jesus as our Savior and we've been born into the family of God, sometimes we still blow it. John told us why that happens. Because when we love the world, The love of the Father is not in us. John was saying, the reason why you blow it is because you don't love God like you should. And when we don't love God like we should, we allow other things. We love other things more. And that love draws us, that love affects us to the point we make the wrong choices and the wrong decisions. Isn't it it true? You see, Daniel had a devotion. His devotion wasn't to the dietary laws. His devotion wasn't on the menu. His devotion, look, he wasn't splitting hairs and and counting straws about rules and all of that stuff. In his mind, he loved God, and he wanted to live for God. And that's what motivated him to eat the right things. Because God had said some things in His Word about what to eat and what not to eat, and so... In Daniel's mind, that was a big deal because he knew what they were. And he said, If that's what pleases God, then I want to do that. Daniel wasn't trying to be better than everybody else. Daniel didn't, he wasn't, you know, walking around on stilts. He, He wasn't riding a big white horse. Daniel was a humble guy who just loved God more than everything else. And he didn't care if he ate beans and water. Daniel just wanted to make God happy with his life. And he said, Man, if this is what God wants, I want to do this. And he cared more about that than anything else. He didn't care. He wasn't trying to find rank in the king's palace. He wasn't in competition with everybody else in the contest. None of that was in his mind. He was about one thing. Man, I want to I please the Lord with my life. It was devotion. That devotion caused him to request that he wouldn't defile himself. You know, as Christians, we we call it sanctification or separation. And the Bible teaches that as believers, we are separated to the Lord. And because we want to be close to God, we separate from some things. And some Christians get more focused on what they're separated from than what they're supposed to be or who they're supposed to be separated to. And when we, when we get our focus wrong, things kind of get out of balance. Boy, Daniel had it right. He devoted himself to the Lord. His desire was just to stay pure because he knew that's what God wanted. And God had outlined in his word the way to stay pure. And so Daniel was all about that and said, man, I, I want to do that. And his devotion then, his devotion to the Lord repelled him from the king's meat. Hey, everybody else, they were having a heyday. Man, the king's serving steak, oh, 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 sign me up. It wasn't that Daniel didn't like meat. He wasn't going vegetarian. That's not what was happening here. Daniel liked meat. Hey, he probably would have enjoyed some flavor there. But he loved God more than meat. And he said, the king's about to serve something that I'm not supposed to have. And because I love God more than the king's meat, I'm going to decline. I'm going to ask him to give me pulse and water. Just serve me the beans. I'll take the chili, whatever. Hey, do you love God that much? Because in life, if you're really going to be serious about living the Christian life, you're going to have to make some choices like that. There's going to be some good things sometimes that you're going to have to pass on. Technically, I can have that. Yep. Technically, you can. But specifically, sometimes you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to choose to be devoted to God or choose to do that thing, whatever it is. Sometimes you can't have it both ways. Sometimes you can't be popular and faithful to the Lord. Because the culture's going a different way. And what's popular right now, well, that's not really so in with the Bible and that's not really in, you know, God frowns on that. So guess what? You're going to have to decide, do you want to be popular or do you want to be faithful? You know, when we, when we really get into this, sometimes it's like we stop and go, man, preacher, that's hard. It didn't look too hard to Daniel, did it? And I'm telling you, that's why. Because he was so, he was, his devotion was like real. He was so devoted to the Lord. He didn't struggle with all this. He wasn't attracted by the king's meat. Hey, this, this, this was not hard to him because he loved God that much. And the more you and I love the Lord in our life, man, the easier this stuff is to deal with. It just doesn't occupy so much of our time and our thinking and so much of our heart because we're doing what Jesus taught. We're loving God more than everything else. That was the first commandment, remember? To love God with all your heart. Oh, Daniel certainly did. And and you need to be focused on who you're devoted to, not what you're separating from. Daniel was all focused on the Lord. The king's meat was somewhere in the peripheral out there. He wasn't focused on that. And you know, if you focus on the wrong things, your choices will be harder and harder every time. Focus on God. Be devoted to him. And I'm telling you, you'll find it easier to execute on that desire and make those decisions. The right things will come a lot easier if your heart's in the right place and you love God like you should. Daniel had one more thing I want us to see as we wrap this up. But we have to back up to verse 5 to get this one. Because the Bible says that Daniel requested pulse and water instead of the king's meat, you know. But I want you to understand, this was not just a one-time thing. We're not talking about Daniel missed a meal. I want you to see how long Daniel did this. The Bible says in verse 5 of chapter 1, It says, "...and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years." That at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Look, Daniel wasn't just trading one plate for another. Hey, look, just give me beans today. No, no, no. This was going to be his meal, his diet. This was his menu for the next three years. Now, you might think it's hard enough just, you know, just to skip supper. I- I'll take beans for supper instead of the king's meat. Okay, that, man, that's hard. Yeah, but that's not what he did. He did that for three years. Every day. Every day. Every day. And not only was it a trade, I'm going to choose beans over the king's steak, whatever, his, his pork steak. But think about this. He ate the same thing every single day. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Some people can't do that for two or three days. Some people can't do that for a week. Daniel did it for three years. Now you might sit here and think that devotion will get you through that. I'm telling you, you're going to need something else. Because the average Christian don't make it three years. You're going to need some dedication. You know, I said in, under the first point, decision, or, or excuse me, yeah, under decision, second point, I, I said that your mind had to be made up. If you're going to make a decision and it's going to stick, well, your mind has to be made up ahead of time. That's, that's true. We know that. Hey, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to stick to something day in and day out for three years, you better have some dedication. I hope you meant what you said because it's coming. So Daniel and them, they took the 10-day test. Boy, that was a length of time. They got the thumbs up, though. And guess what that meant? It was locked in now for three years. And nowhere in this chapter, ever, nowhere, do we ever hear Daniel complaining. Man, I got to eat beans again. He was happy to do that for the Lord. Now, that was his devotion. But the dedication is what helped him do it day after day after day, week after week, month after month, one, year one, year two, year three. You know, sometimes our problem is we got the right desire and everything, and, and we make some decisions, all right. We, we pick some good choices, but sometimes our problem is we can't go the distance. Yeah, we love God and all that, but, you know, hey. For that long? I don't know about that. And the real test for every believer, the real test of every decision is when the rubber meets the road, buddy. Because you know what? It's easy to come to church and say, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, this is the place where it's easy to do that. But let's see if you swing swinging that Bible and saying, I love Jesus on Monday morning or Friday morning right? Hey, listen, that's where we need to do it most. You know, this is kind of like the huddle in the football game. We're coming in and we're hearing the plans and we say, break, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and we go out. But you know, after the huddle, you got to carry out the play or you ain't going to win the game. And I wonder sometimes if that isn't why our world is like it is. Because maybe there's been way too many times that we had fun in the huddle, but we left and didn't, we didn't put in the play. And we didn't score. God help us. You know, it's, it's dedication that does that. The Bible said in verse 5, So nourishing them three years. And this is what we see. Daniel ate pulses, He drank water for three years in order to be acceptable to God. We could look at verses 11 through 20. We already read those. We, we kind of see in context how the choices kind of played themselves out. Daniel made that decision. He devoted himself to the Lord. I, I do want you to see a New Testament verse. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans 12. And, and let me just show you this as we wrap this point up. Because the Bible says in verses 1 and 2, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. What's the next word? acceptable unto God. And that's where Daniel was. He said, man, I want to be acceptable unto God. I I want to do what God wants me to do. And if you're trying to be acceptable to God, then you have to know there are some things that are unacceptable. And sometimes we have the task, we have the responsibility of trying to explain to this world, hey, there are some things that are unacceptable to God. We, we We don't hate you. But we have to tell you that sometimes what you choose is unacceptable to God. It's not an alternate. It's a deviant choice. You have deviated away from what God intended for man. And because of that, because God's word is clear on this matter, I can't go with you. Right? And you know it's a sin to sin, right? Did you know? It's a sin to support sin. So I can't get on the bandwagon and be all happy about your sin. About what you're doing that God says is not acceptable. Can't, can't, I can't join you on that. I can't cheer you in that. I can pray for you. Right? So we have to stand there. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're presenting ourselves to God... We want to be acceptable unto him, he says, which is your reasonable service. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We're supposed to discover God's will from his word and then live it out. And when we do that, it transforms our life so that the idea here is that we are different from them. John chapter 17 records the Lord's prayer. And he said, I pray for my disciples. They are in the world, but they are not of the world. Yes, the Bible says that. And you and I are called to that same image. We are in the world doing God's work. We, we are not supposed to be of this world. And that contrast, that, by the way, you know what that is? That's the light that Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, let your light so shine among men. Light is truth. And when we don't tell the truth because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings, we're turning off the light. That's what we're doing. Well, Daniel told the truth in the palace. He talked to the prince of the eunuchs and then the man who was set over them. And here's what Daniel did. In dedication, Daniel devoted himself to God. That's what it was all about. And then he separated himself from the king's meat. And when he did that, the Bible says something very interesting happened. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, it says, and as for these four children, by the way, Daniel influenced his choice, encouraged Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah to make the same choice. Daniel's action provided the support for them to do the same. And by the way, sometimes it's important for you to do the right thing because there might be somebody behind you, somebody watching you, that just needs somebody to step up and do the right thing, and they will join. They're just waiting. They don't want to be the only one. And when Daniel stepped up, they stepped up. So now instead of one, there's four. And look what God did in verse 17. The Bible says, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom... Don't you think God knew what the king was going to be looking for? Don't you think God knew the king was going to quiz them at the end of this test? And God was going to see how smart these guys were. The Bible says that God blessed these four. Why these four? Why only these four? Well, the Bible doesn't say this. I'm going to be honest about that up front. I'm, I'm telling you. But we, we are left with the assumption The the insinuation is, in this text, it is here. The indication is that God blessed them because. They made a choice. They took a stand. And the Bible says God blessed that stand. He did something for these four children that he didn't do for anybody else. And in so doing, Daniel and these children became blessed in the kingdom the king was impressed with them, and they appeared. God blessed them with gifts. That's what happened next. He blessed their devotion, their dedication, and they appeared ten times better in verse 20, according to the king. It was God in them, but this result came in them by God because they paid the price of devotion, and then God blessed their action. Hey, how many Christians today, they want to receive the blessing, but they don't want to pay the price. They like that ten times better stuff. They like all the benefits the king rolled out on that. But they don't like the, man, three years? I don't know about that. If we are unwilling to pay the price, guess what? We forfeit the blessing. Remember that when that desire starts to well up in you. Remember that when you're inclined to make a decision and really give it all to God. Hey, remember, God blesses that. And if we're not willing to pay the price to give, we, we just we forfeit the blessing. We just flat give it up. That's our choice. But we got to have some devotion and dedication To see that all the way through to the end. Oh, Daniel did. And my, how the story ended well on his behalf. You know, today, church, I'm saying we we need some Daniels. We need some people today that just have that desire. People today that are willing to make a decision. They have the heart of devotion to the Lord. And hey, it's just really all about God. It's, It's not about any of that other stuff. And some people with the dedication to stick to it, to put in the time to follow all the way through and just you wait and see what God does with all that. And you know, we think we know the end, but nope. Because the story's not over. And we're not really going to know the end until we get to heaven and we see God Respond to Daniel and roll out those blessings and the rewards and all the consequences. You know, we don't even we only know about the three. We we don't really know who all Daniel influenced. Daniel spent a lifetime in the palace serving the king. He was used of God. Later he went through the lion's den. So much happened with Daniel and the way God used him. Look, we're not going to know the results of all that until we get to heaven one day. You think this is good? You wait till we hear the rest of the story. It's going to be awesome. And you need to remember that, too, when it's your turn to make a decision. Man, if you want the awesome, then we've got to pay the price now. We've got to devote ourselves to the Lord and not care so much about this other stuff. And when you do that, then God steps in. Oh, and he does great things with it. It's just like that little boy that brought his lunch. You remember that? And the Lord multiplied that and fed thousands. You know, God can do that with your life. He can do more with your life than you ever think possible. But first, you've got to give it to him. Let's pray together. Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to be like Daniel. Help us to have these things that Daniel had. And most of all, Lord, give us that heart that just loves you above all things so that it's not quite so difficult when we have to make tough choices. Our love for you takes over. Lord, our knowledge of your word kicks in. We make the right decisions, we do the right things, and we hold it over time. Help us to be consistent. Help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to be like Daniel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.